Welcome back to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast. This is the Basketball Insider Edition. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham. Now, as usual, we have special guests on the Basketball Insider podcast. In the past, we've had Ryan Reedy from McNick High School, Drew Huxtable from Anderson High School, our intern, Will Sultan, who plays tennis for Anderson High School, is usually here. Um, he has tennis matches and practice going on right now. So it's just me holding it down. But I do have some special guests, which we'll get to very shortly. Want to go over a couple things, social media. Let's start off with Twitter and IG, at NFC Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and IG, at Alex underscore Meacham. That's M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Now, this is the eighth episode of the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. We normally do a bigger podcast that covers pop culture and all that stuff with Glenn Riley, but this is our basketball-specific edition. This is number eight. This is kind of our, this is our Kobe. This is our, our Black Mamba podcast. So I want to bring in our special guest. We have two of them today. First is a senior from Moeller High School. His name is Carlos Garcia. I nicknamed him The Glue, which I'll talk a little bit about shortly on why I call him The Glue. The other one is a senior from Covcath High School, Aiden Rusatz, who I call The Heartbeat. Now, even though these two young men come from two different sides of the river, one in Cincinnati, uh, one in northern Kentucky, both have some unique similarities in their basketball experience from growing up, playing basketball, coming from out of state, um, winning state championships, and all that stuff we're gonna get into and, and learn about their journey a little bit more shortly. I'd like to welcome in Carlos and Aiden. How you guys doing? I'm good, thanks for having me. Good, happy to be here. Good, good. All right, so first I wanna start off with this. I want to go over you guys' backgrounds, uh, where you came from, how you picked schools, and all that good stuff. So, Carlos, we're going to start with you. If you can give our audience just a, a quick review of your background. Okay, yeah. So, I was um, born here, and then three months into that, I moved down to Puerto Rico, lived there for four years, then came back. Um, ever since then, I've been a part of Mason School Systems, and I went through the whole middle school and elementary school went through Mason, and um, when it was time to pick a high school, Moeller was the one for me. Um, I played for St. Sue, so I kind of got in touch with like the whole like Catholic League and things like that. Right. And so when it was time and I was like getting educated on like what schools I could go to, Moeller just seemed like a perfect fit, and I had a shadow there, and, and I visited and all that stuff, and it was just like a great experience, and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and then from there on out, I kind of just fell in love with the program, fell in love with the process and the culture that Moeller has to offer and just thrived overall, not just basketball, but also like academically and like through service and things like that. So this is the good fit for you. And, the, and you said this, the culture, the culture at Moeller. I hear a lot of kids that come out of Moeller that played basketball or just students there. They talk about the culture at the school in the basketball program. Yeah, it's something special. It's something that I don't think a lot of schools can duplicate even at the college level. And um, it's kind of, it's a brotherhood that we have there, which is another thing that Moeller sells our brotherhood. Right. It's shown through our basketball program and we really embrace it. And that's why I think we are so successful every year, not just because of the talent that we bring, but also the mindset that all our guys have. Sure, absolutely. So Aiden, moving on to you, give us your background. 
Um, I was born in Sandusky, Ohio, a small town in Ohio. Uh, when I was going into third grade, we moved to New Jersey so my dad could learn more about coaching and uh, how to run a team. We lived there for three years and then we moved uh, to here in uh, Edgewood. And uh, my, my brother went through Covcath, I went to St. Pius and everyone that goes to St. Pius goes to Covcath so I was just with everyone else. Uh, got to Covcath, my dad was my coach uh, all four years. Uh, my brother won a state championship, and this year I did, so uh, pretty much everything that uh, my life that we've been through has been building up to, to these past four years. Now, how was it moving around? It's, for some kids, you know, they move to different states. You know, you guys were moving from Ohio to New Jersey and then to northern Kentucky, so that's kind of a, a big jump there. So was that tough for you? Um, the first move when we moved to New Jersey, I don't think it was that tough because I was still pretty young and uh, I didn't really have like real deep roots with any of my friends in, in Sandusky. But when we had to move from New Jersey to here, I think it was a little tougher because I was older and I, I made some pretty good friends in New Jersey. And uh, I, I was honestly just a little scared like to go into new territory. I didn't know anyone. I didn't know like the culture, what anyone would be like. So right. moving here was a little tougher, but uh, after the first year, I realized these people weren't that bad, so. <laughs> You're worried the people were gonna be bad? Yeah, a little bit. So one thing I wanna talk to you guys about is um, something I read a long time ago, and that was being average, being good, and being great. And it, it's often said that there are tons of people that are average, millions of average people. You could go to your school, Carlos. How many people go to Muller? Uh, I'd probably say around six, eight hundred. Wow, a lot, lot of students there. There are a lot of average people there, and I, I hate to say that, but there are. Um, there are a lot of good, let's just take it to players. There are a lot of average players. There are a lot of good players, but there are very few great players. And, you, you know, the word's thrown around a little bit more now, and that is GOAT, greatest of all time. You know, we'll talk about some GOATs at the end of the podcast here, but you hear GOAT thrown around a lot, greatest of all time. And, and anytime you're in that category, which is a very, very special category, and it's a very small category, anytime you achieve things both on individual and team levels, you are putting yourself in smaller categories which puts you at a great level and both of you guys have done that and what you've done is you've been a part of experience of being a state champion Kentucky and Ohio and that puts you in a category of great so don't don't take that lightly because I don't know how many I don't know how many people have come through Cubcath and won state championships. Do you know how many state championships have been won at Cubcap? All, all together, no. There's only two for basketball. Only two for basketball? Yeah. So you are really amongst a small group of people that have won a state championship, and that is putting yourself in a category of, of greatness. Championships at Moeller? Four. Four. So, I mean, championships are tough to come by, yeah. right? Yeah. Even... I mean, all the success Moeller's had over the years, all the great players, um, 
one of my former teammates came out of Moeller, Bobby Brandon, who I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. And going back to Bobby Brandon and before that, so many great players, the Larkin family, but there are only four state championships. Once again, putting yourself in a category, a very small one, and you're, you're part of something great. So what I'm getting to is do not take that for granted. I know it's easy to kind of live in the moment. You're just hooping and, and hanging out but you guys have achieved something um, that's been great. So let me dive into individually, you guys, and I'll give you some thoughts. You know, I've had a chance to watch both of you guys, I think, from the start of your career at the beginning of high school all the way to the end, also at an AAU level. And, <clears throat> Carlos, just, just starting with you, you know, one, one of the things that you bring to the table at Moeller, and I look at it as if I'm – putting together a team, a varsity team. Of course you want to have a high-level talent or somebody with great potential like a Jackson Hayes. Like everybody wants that. You know, I want a Jackson Hayes on my team. Uh, what is he, 6'10"? Yeah, 6'11". 6'11", <clears throat> rim changer, throw the ball up to the concession stand. He's going to catch it, bring it back in and dunk it, all that stuff. You want one of those. That's great to have. Jeremiah Davis, you want a guy who's, Davenport. I'm sorry, Jeremiah Davenport, who's come along from freshman year and has really developed. And in my opinion, Jeremiah Davenport is the most improved player in the city of Cincinnati, hands down, in my, my opinion. And, you, you, you know, as a coach, you want to have players that improve that level that night in and night out, Jeremiah could be the best player on the court no matter who you play. And that's, that's fine and dandy, and those are hard to come by. But every team needs a Carlos Garcia. And that's why I called you the glue, because you bring things together. Um, teams like UC, Xavier, Kentucky. And Kentucky's had teams that have won national championships, and those coaches, whether it's Tubby Smith, or whoever it's been, always point to the guy that may not have been the best player, but the player that brought everything together. And Carlos, I think that was you. You know, when I watched you all season, you really developed um, into a leader. So I want to put that out there, and you can, you know, say anything you feel about what I just said. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all nice, but I just feel like everyone kind of just did their role. And... Um, I knew what my role was. Those guys that you talked about knew what their role was. And right. Alec and Isaiah and everyone that came off the bench, everyone knew their role. And so I feel like that's what made our team so good. We had a lot of really good players, and we would have had a good season if we just played like that. But we were great this year. And I think it's because everyone like filled in their role, and my role was just to be whatever the team needed to win. And so I did that. And you, and you played, played it well. It was very beneficial to the team. And we'll talk about that state championship run shortly. And Aiden, uh, moving on to you, I called you the heartbeat because you were the heartbeat of this CovCath basketball team. And, I, and I've, I've used this example before of you. Um, I'm at a game. <clears throat> I'm watching you guys play. I had a buddy with me. And he hadn't seen you guys play, and he knows, you know, you're going and playing in college, and Jake's going and playing in college, and C.J. Frederick's going and playing in college, and kind of wants to see what you guys are about. And C.J. was playing, playing pretty well, and 
you had the ball at the top of the key and CJ was on the right side, I believe. You penetrated to CJ's side, sucked in his defender and kicked it out. And CJ had been hot previous to that and he knocked down the shot. And my buddy said, man, that CJ kid's pretty good. And I said, yeah, but did you notice what just happened? I said, Aiden made that happen. Aiden noticed my, my best shooter's right here. He's hot. I know how to give him the ball. I'm not just passing him the ball. I'm going to bring his defender to me, penetrate, pitch. Of course, that's an old adage in, in basketball. And he's just like, oh, man. So he started to watch you a little bit more. And he says, man, that kid does so many things. Your post feeds, your different things that made this team really good. And guys like that, you know, I call them the heartbeat, the pulse of their team. And with you running the show the way you did, I attribute a lot of the things you did to your team winning the 2018 state championship. So anything you want to add on to that? Uh, well, thank you first off. And You're welcome. I like, to, I like to see myself as a selfless player. So obviously when I see Jake and CJ are hot or uh, anyone else on our team, I know to get them the ball. And uh, especially CJ, you know, he's hot. He doesn't miss very many. Right, so, right. So, yeah, of course, I, I got to get him the ball. As a point guard, that's really my job. So I just do my job. Because it's easy. I mean, you, you can score. You can shoot the basketball. All right. Jake, Jake walks in any gym, and he's one of the biggest players. He can walk in a college gym, right? Yeah. And he's one of the biggest players yeah. there. So, I mean, it's easy for any of you guys to want to shoot a lot, take over the game. But like you said, being selfless, being able to understand CJ's hot right now. I got to get him the ball. But that's what makes teams, makes teams great. And I don't know if that's just if that's your DNA if you were taught that, if your dad helped instill that in you. Um, but whatever that is, if you continue that through college, you'll be very successful in college, you'll be a successful college basketball player, which we're going to talk about both your college commitments shortly. But now what I want to do, we'll talk about this, um, this season and leading up to this season for both you guys. And what's so interesting, I, your, your stories parallel each other, just all the way from you guys coming from out of town, coming in, um, all the way to how you guys ended your season last year um, to this season winning a state championship. So there are a lot of parallels, and I think that's what's cool about bringing both of you guys in. <clears throat> but looking at last year, and Carlos, we'll start with, with you and Moeller, and you guys going into the state championship last year undefeated, um, playing a very good team in Jackson, right? Yeah. Um, and coming down to the wire, the last seconds, and you guys lose that game. And I know it was heartbreaking for a lot of you know, people in that locker room, including yourself. So take us through real quick the, the role you played last year and then the feeling that the team had after you guys lost that heartbreaking game. Um, so for the role last year that I had, I didn't really have much of a role when it came to Friday and Saturday nights. Um, I was more of a practice guy, especially towards the second half of the season. First half of the season, I was getting pretty good minutes and probably like one of the sixth man or seventh man on the team. But as the season progressed, um, I got into shooting slump and just things were starting not going my way and other guys were playing better. And so they made decisions, the coaches made decisions to make the team better and for us to win. And I mean, we were winning, so you can't really complain. Right. 
Um, but yeah, so I was more of a practice squad guy towards the second half of the season. And um, that, I remember just that whole tournament run was like, it was a really fun time, but I really wish I would have been out there and, and like really like been competing during that. Um, and so when the final buzzer went off and we lost by one in the state championship, that was my goal for the next year. And I know that I was going to do whatever it takes to get to that spot. And I knew that my teammates, the ones that were going to play the, the year after, were going to do the same thing. And so, um, like, the seniors had their own meeting at, after the game where mm -hmm. they talked about, like, going to college and, like, it being over and things like that. And for the guys who were playing next year, we talked about, like, what's our goal now? What's, like, our, we just lost. Like, what are we going to do about it? And obviously, we're all competitors, every single one of us. And so we knew that what we were going to do is just work hard every single day and get to the same place and finish the job. And, yeah. So you go from a role last year in basically a practice player. Yeah. Right? Second half. And um, to moving into this season being a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, is that something you consciously knew during the off season? Like, um, whether the coaches told you or not, was it something inherently you just said, I'm going to be the leader of this basketball team, or I want to be one of the leaders? Yeah, um, my freshman and sophomore year, when I played freshman in JV, I was one of the leaders of the team. And so right. it wasn't like I just surprisingly showed up and started like telling people what to do and things like that. No, I the kind of guys looked up to me because even though I was like a practice player, I didn't mean I was just like slacking off and like not doing anything. Even while the season was going on, I was out doing workouts and like shooting before practice and things like that. And guys knew about that and they knew like the hard work that I was putting in. And so when you put in hard work, people start to respect you a little bit sure. more. And so I guess that's pretty much what happened with the season. And it also kind of helped that I was playing a lot better, playing more confident, and so guys looked at me that way too. Yeah, it always does, but yeah, I mean, you can still have leaders coming <coughs> off the bench, and I think that's what I yep. did my junior year, was kind of just be a leader for like the practice squad and for just like getting the guys on the blue team better, and then I changed my role the next year to being a leader on the court. Where do you think that leadership skill comes from? Because I know people try to be leaders, and they have to work at being leaders, and it sounds like from what you just told me and what I've seen of you, um, leadership, uh, leadership skills come naturally to you. Yeah, they do. And um, I think it kind of stems off of my work ethic. Um, I've always considered myself a servant leader, so I'm not going to be the guy who's telling you like, hey, go do this or like do that extra rep if I'm not willing to do it myself. Right, and so, right. And for me, it's more of a process of like, at first, I'm just going to work outwork everyone. And mm -hmm. Everyone's going to like, at that point, have respect for me. And then after that, they're going to look up to me and I can like give them pointers and things like that. But I'm not going to go in the gym and start telling people what to do. I'm going to show people what I can do and like why I'm as good as I am through like the work that I put in. And then people normally gravitate the, towards guys like that. Sure. I do the same thing with other people. If I see people working super hard, I just gravitate towards other people because I want to be like that. Absolutely. And so I feel like that's how my leadership, that's how my style of leadership works is towards my work ethic. Gotcha. Yeah. So Aiden. A little bit of a different situation last year in your role versus Carlos's role where, I mean, you started last year, correct? Yep. Um, and very similar to, to his situation, you guys in the season on a, on a tough note, you didn't make it to the state championship game, but you lose to Cooper. What round was that last year? Uh, it was a region final. Regional final. That was at uh, Northern Kentucky, right? Yeah. You lose to Cooper. Very good. Cooper basketball team 
but, but you lose to them. Talk about your role with that team last year, how it felt when you finished um, that season losing to Cooper, who's a big-time rival for you guys. When I think of Northern Kentucky, you think Covcath and Cooper going at it on a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah. So, so how did that feel? Uh, it was tough. Uh, that would be the second year that we lost in the regional final. And just knowing that you worked all, all of the offseason and during the season to get, get to that moment and you guys lose, it, it hurts. But we knew that Cooper was a really good team. And uh, that time they just outplayed us. But we, we, we only had one senior that played. We had another senior that was on the bench. So we were pretty young that year. And all of us juniors got together and uh, talked about everything that we had to change in order to get to state the next year. And so after the season, we, we all put in all the work that was needed. Uh, we talked about everything that needed to be changed. And the coaches uh, held up their part and changed some, uh, in some aspects. Mm -hmm. And uh, this season, we just try to perfect, it, perfect ourselves at everything. And we, we won state, so I guess we did pretty good at it. Absolutely. So your role um, of being a leader this season, Carlos, I think his leadership style would be different than your leadership style. So what would your leadership style, what is your leadership style? Um, I would say like during practice, like during games, I'm definitely more vocal because I, I care more about it and I don't want to lose. But I would say uh, during practice, I like to like show through my actions. Like I, I want everyone to know that, that you're not going to outwork me and that uh, I've been through a lot. So the experiences that I've been through, you need to learn from them. So I usually just try to teach through through my actions. So when you get to the games, you're very vocal. Yeah. And why is it just? It's just the popcorn's it's just the popping. And yeah, yeah. My passion for winning. Like I hate losing, so I'll do whatever to win. Absolutely, gotcha. Okay, so now let's let's start this journey. Let's start this journey of what I say. I don't care what anybody says. You play uh, how many how many games did you play in a regular season, Carlos? Twenty-two. So 22, you play more games in Kentucky, I believe, right? 35, I think. Wow. So during that, <laughs> during a, they play a lot in Kentucky, man. That'd be fun. Yeah, they, they play a lot of basketball. So, you know, the, the course of a season, and I always, I've talked about this on this podcast, uh, my other podcast, that is whether you play high school, college, or in the NBA, you break your schedule down into many seasons. And you have to do it that way. If you don't do it that way and you just, you know, you just say, okay, whatever, whatever, it's just it's not going to work out well. Good coaches and good programs have things broken down, and you guys both have excellent coaches. So looking at many seasons within a season, I'm sure both of you guys, and Aiden, I want to start with you, I'm sure both of you guys went through a situation during the season that was tough. You had a rough patch. For example... I'm watching NCAA tournament this year, Loyola Chicago. That was a team that no one expected to be in the Final Four. You didn't have them in your, not, right? Nope. You didn't have them, right? I didn't. Sister Jean didn't even have them <laughs> in the Final Four, so not a lot of people did. And I was listening to an interview of one of their, their better players, and he was talking about at a point during the season in which he was like, man, this thing's falling apart. Like, this ship is sinking. He heard players wanting to quit, players talking about transferring, and they bonded together, and they go on and make it to the Final Four, which was very, very impressive. 
But every team goes through different periods in which they struggle. Aiden, was there a point this year that you guys struggled? Talk about it, and how did you guys get through it? Uh, of course, <laughs> I think uh, this season, it was when we went down to King of the Bluegrass Tournament in uh, Fairfield or Fairdale or something like that. We played, um, did we play? We played Ballard, beat Ballard, then we played Fern Creek and Cooper. All, all those three games were back to back. And we lost to Fern Creek and then Cooper right after. And um, we knew, we, first off, we were beating Fern Creek pretty good. And then we, we gave it up at the end. I think they, they went on some like eight and two run and took the lead. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Cooper game was the game right after that. And we, I mean, I don't think I've ever lost two games in a row. So yeah. that was a first for me. And, and just knowing that it's Cooper and you lost to them in the regional final the year before, uh, it's a it's hard pill to swallow, and I knew in order for us to get to state this year, we'd have to beat them again. So mm -hmm. I, I think looking back on it now, that game helped us because it motivated everyone. Just saying, saying you guys losing that game yeah. helped you. Okay. Yeah, it just motivated everyone more that like everyone was saying, there's no way we we can lose to Cooper again. So I think it helped us in the long run. Now, how many times did you guys play Cooper this year? Because you guys played them more this uh, year than you ever have, right? I think it was three times this year. Because you played them. We played them <coughs> in King of the Bluegrass and then regular season and then the regional final. Gotcha. Or semifinal. Gotcha. Okay. So, Carlos, same question applies to you guys. Um, what was that moment where you went through that struggle in, in your leadership skill? How did you help overcome that, that struggle? Um, I remember after we played Cubcalf, which was like a – we lost the game, but it was like a solid, well-fought game, so we weren't that right. disappointed about it. It was early in the season. We knew we were going to get better, so that wasn't a big problem for us, but um, the game after was against Sycamore, and it was one of those trap games where mm -hmm. you just come from like a really big game where everyone wants to go see to like Sycamore at Sycamore, and I think it was on a Tuesday night or something like that. So it was just one of those games where like... Not a lot of people not there. Not a lot of people, not a lot of energy. You got to create your own stuff, and you got to know that like you this is another opportunity for you to get better and sure. that's not what we did that night and um the coaches let us know at the end of the game it was a close game against one of the teams that it shouldn't have been it was right. around, like a 10 point game and um so they and in some ways you gotta you might have to consider that a loss yeah exactly. and, and that's yeah. what it felt like so it almost felt like back-to-back -back losses like aiden said and right so it kind of hurt us inside and it made us like realize like hey we can't be like that that's not how we can play because mm -hmm. we're going to have games where they're going to be really tight and we're going to have to really compete with these guys we're also going to have games like this and when we have these kind of games it doesn't mean that we can't get better mm -hmm. and so I think that's one of the points in our season where we realize that every single game that we play is an opportunity to get better and we need to take advantage of it and so from that point on I think we really stepped up on our scouting reports and just like overall effort towards every single game and that's I think what made us so good and able to peak at the end of the season on March. So let's let's talk about that game versus Covcath. Now I know you guys played AU ball together, and uh, <laughs> Aiden's already ready to talk a little trash. So um, that that to me, I went, I was at that game. Um, it was one of the biggest games in the city. Everyone had that game circled on both sides of the river. It was like two of the better teams are going at each other. Uh, there were college coaches galore there. Uh, NKU's coach Xavier Chris Mack before. Um, he's with uh, Louisville now. Travis Steele, who's currently the Xavier coach now, he was there. Just, just a lot of people were in the house from both sides of the river. That place was jumping. Cubcaths, student section, which is uh, – do they practice, by the way? 
the student section? Um, they you know, have to. They're they, so on point. Yeah, we, we, we teach the freshmen all the cheers every year, but we don't have, like, actual practices. I, I, I'm telling you, whenever I go to a Cubcath game, I almost want to go to the games where you guys, I know you guys are going to win, so I can kind of concentrate on the student section a little bit more because it's always something very entertaining. Like, you get some kid that's, like, 350 pounds, like, comes yeah. out and does, like, the sumo thing, <laughs> yeah. and it has on shorts that are way too short and like glitter all over him. It's, it's just fun, exciting to see. But all, all those elements together made for this to be one of the, the biggest games of the season. So, Aiden, talk to, uh, talk to me a little bit about that, that game there. And you guys, you guys know, and the big picture is you want to win a state championship, and, and you always want to go game to game, but that, that molar test is one that is, is a big test to tell you guys where you are. It's, it's also helpful, you know, for making it to the state championship game. So talk about the energy in that game and just, just playing in that game. The energy was crazy first off in that game. Um, I know both sides' stands were packed. There, was, there probably wasn't any, any seat open. In I had place. to stand. I was standing against the wall. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was definitely a crazy atmosphere. And uh, we knew we were playing a good opponent. I think you guys were ranked nationally before that. Yeah, they were. Like that, but. They were. We, we we knew that they were gonna do whatever it takes to win, and we just got lucky. We were hitting shots. Um, we were playing good defense, so I guess we just came out that day. Okay. How how did Carlos play? Um, I, I rewatched the game, and there was actually one play where he blocked me. He blocked I, you? Yeah, I I crossed him bad. The real, crowd went crazy. Real bad. Yeah, nah, it was not real too bad. bad it was, I was able to recover. And I blocked the shot. <laughs> I, I think know, we got a layup it, on that one. It was good. Yeah, I had a wide open layup, and then and then we got and then yeah. Did, then wait a minute, me. I'm trying to remember this. Did he did he like just block it in the air? Did he pin yeah, it he against the backboard? Right? I like I like kind of jumped in the air like do a floater, and I put it like above my head, and then his hand just happened to be right there and hit it. <laughs> He's not good. He's yeah. not going to give you any no, like real okay. credit for his he like. Had a, he had a nice crossover, but I was I was trying to steal it because I I was reading it. So don't do it again. <laughs> don't reach. Sorry. So Carlos, the rumor is you had an issue with the rims at Cubcath for that game. I mean, they were just made out of plastic, and so I thought that was kind of unfair. I remember at one point when I was on the bench, <laughs> CJ went on through like he made three threes in a row. It was really impressive. But I remember I think on two of them. One of them just like rattled in. I was like, all right, that probably wouldn't have gotten that molar. And then one hit the front, yep. bounced, I, I kid you not, like two feet in the air, yep. and hit the back, hit the front again, and then one in. And yeah. the crowd went crazy. And it, it was like one of those shots where you're just like, wow. So was it, was it like one of those rims at an AU tournament where like the court's like kind of falling apart, the rim's bad? I mean, it was just the rims, like the court was nice, the rims were nice, but it was just like they were so soft. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I guess that's, that's just a Cubcat thing. Hey, you had to shoot on them, too. You, you guys played on them, too. So. Yeah, so I can't really complain. But So so yeah. talk us through the game a little bit. That um, was a big game for you guys as well. Yeah, it was. Um, I feel like for us, that was one of the, like, the first games that Jackson really came out and played his game mm -hmm. and played with a lot of energy and was aggressive, which we needed against someone as big as Jake. Yeah. And so that was really important. Um, I feel like Jeremiah did an amazing job that game, and Isaiah played well. Um Probably me and Alec, if we would have played a little bit better, the game would have had a different turnout. But um, that, I think that was all part of the process for the whole season. Mm -hmm. and that was just one of the steps that we had to make. And 
it helped us with making adjustments and things like that and getting ready for the next game. And it showed our weaknesses and also showed our strengths and we took advantage of both. Now, Jeremiah had some unbelievable dunks this year. I think he had an unbelievable dunk versus Cuffcat, didn't he? Didn't he have a monster dunk? He oh, did. It was he had awful. He had a pretty good one. It, he, was, it was nasty. Yeah, he, it was on top of someone. Who we was still it? make fun of him. Ah, that's right. When it, was it Davin or? Nick Thielen. Yeah. It was Thielen. Yeah. Okay. Was you, st you still, you guys still yeah, let us know about that? Our, that's the name of our group chat. What is it? I can't say it on the air. <laughs> 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 that's good stuff to know. Okay, so now let's, let's get into you guys have, have gotten through the season. And um, Carlos, what were you guys uh, at the end of the regular season? 19-3. 19-3. Aiden, um, you remember? We were, yeah, it was uh, thirty-five and four. Okay, all right. So, man, you guys play a lot of games. Regular season. The regular season? Oh no, that was that was whole season. Regular, regular season. season. Um, thirty-one and four. Okay, all right. So, we're getting into preparation for the tournament. Okay, so going into basically what I say is a whole nother season. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're starting over. You're kind of throwing everything out because you lose, you're going home. You have to be prepared every night, no matter who you play. Upsets happen. We see that NCAA tournament. Virginia saw that. Yeah. You're not ready. You're going home. <clears throat> and in my, gosh, 20-plus years of, of watching and being a part of high school basketball, I've seen it over and over. So preparation leading into that is, is so very important. Carlos, what was your guys's mindset and what was the preparation going into the tournament um we our first game of the tournament we didn't take a bye and so we wanted to just go on and just keep on playing for the because rest of the season because we just feel like we have like we're playing so well towards the end of the season the bye kind of just like kills your momentum and we had enough guys playing that we didn't need a whole lot of rest and gotcha. so we just wanted to get in and just keep our mojo going keep playing. good and um so that's what was our first decision <clears throat> And we got past the first two games pretty easy. And the last, in our sectional game was against Withrow. And last year when we played Withrow, it went, it was also a sectional. It went down to the last shot as they hit a half-court shot to win the game. Yep. And that. That was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. That was a crazy game. But it shouldn't have been that close. It was one of those games where I don't think we were really prepared as well as we should have been. And by the way, so um, Coach O'Connell, who's the head coach of Withrow, is a friend of mine who I know very well. I saw him prior to you guys playing in that game. And Withrow was a good team last year. They, sh they probably, no offense to Withrow, but they probably shouldn't have been in that game that close with yeah. you guys last year. No, no offense to them. But when I saw Coach prior to playing you guys, he said, I got a game plan. I think we're going to be prepared. And, and part of me was like, you know, that's, that's admirable. That's great you guys prepared. And then the other part of me was like, there's no way you're going to be in that game. But that's back to, was it? you got to be ready. Yeah. You, you got, and, and listen, Coach Kramer and the staff do an excellent job of preparing you guys mm. game in and game out, but the players have to execute. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very true. And that's one of the things that like, we like, kind of talked about in the locker room with the coaches not in there is like, hey, like, if you're not doing your film work, if you're not like, doing your prep work and you don't know what's going on out there, you're, you're killing us. Like, we yep. need five guys all playing defense and knowing the tendencies of every other guy. Yep. that we're playing against. So we can't have anybody slacking or not doing it because that's how you get in games like that where you have to make a half-court shot to win it. Yep. So. Yep. And so, um, you know, back to this season and the preparation, <clears throat> excuse me, game in and game out. And you, you guys, um, you said you won the first two. Mm -hmm. 
pretty easily. easily. Yeah, Harrison and Talawanda. So they were they were the last two teams to pick, and they picked up. They had to pick us basically. So uh huh. And stayed away from us too. And then <laughs> then after that you had. And then after that we had Withrow, and we we beat them pretty handily. Yep. And I felt really good about that because that was like one of those games where like. Last year it was kind of a nightmare, and this year we did our job, and everyone felt good about it. And so that was a good game to end like the sectionals on, and then we went on to play district against Fairmont State, which I had a lot of respect for personally because they were playing a different style of basketball, and just watching film, they were unbelievable shooters. Yeah. Yeah. And they were probably the hottest team in the tournament at that time, just the yeah. way they were shooting the ball. They played Miamisburg before mm -hmm. and lost them two times during the season, and in the sectional game they beat them by 25. Wow. So. They were they were a really big challenge for us, and I think once we got by them, we knew that like we really had a chance for this. Yeah. They were so a really tough team. at that moment, you were like, "Okay, wait a minute, we yeah. could we could really do this." Yeah. Okay. When we beat a team like that, I was like, "Okay, now this is like this is serious." And then the next game you guys had Springfield, and then when we we beat them during the season pretty handily, and we did so the same at Xavier, and then we played Wayne, which I thought was a really good competition yes one of the best teams in the state and um i think we just executed really well that game and that's kind of separated us from them i watched wayne for a couple games prior to playing you guys and wayne was one of the best teams that i'd seen all year mm -hmm. um, prior to them playing you guys i mean they looked really good yeah we they, too. they were engaged um they were high-fiving on the bench like it was like man this is going to be a tough game for moeller but back to what you said, execution, I believe, won that game. Mm -hmm. They got frustrated at some point. You guys were executing that. That's one thing with basketball. If you execute, run your stuff, and you're very methodical and, and do it, it frustrates the other team. They start to lose hope. And I think there was, there was a time in that game where some of the Wayne guys were, were chipping at each other a little bit. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that before. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's a result of the execution. They're all like looking around like, where were you? Get help, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to come back. Let's leave it there because then yeah. it leads to the state game. Aiden, on to you, your guys' preparation going into the state and, and lead us um, through the steps and the journey leading up to the state championship game. Uh, all right, so first... Uh, going into state, we just beat Cooper, so everyone was everyone was happy about that. We we were playing the, our best basketball. Um, the first game we played, uh, it was Apollo. Uh, we 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 kind of took them lightly, but we prepared as as we would any other game. We knew that they weren't uh, as talented as we were, and Odin, so uh, we beat them pretty pretty handedly. And then uh, second round. I think yeah. Second round was Fern Creek, and we knew they were they were good. We lost to them early in the season. Yep. And uh, revenge game. Yeah. So th we that was that was probably like the one game. If we beat them, we felt like we could definitely win state. So uh, after we won that, we played Oldham County, who wasn't very good. They I don't know how they got that far, but <laughs> but they weren't very good. And uh, we beat them. And then uh, who was it? What's the red team? Did we play in the final? In the oh, final game? Yeah. Don't don't get to the final game yet. All right. Okay. Let's let's let, let's stop right there. Um, Scott County. Scott County. Back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You forgot who you play. You, we'll, we'll come. We'll come back to that. Memory of my life. <laughs> it was, it was right. amazing. Who'd you right. play? Uh, I don't. I don't uh, remember. <laughs> he went the red team. <laughs> yeah. But so so take us back. I do not want to go past that Cooper game. 
Um, I was there for that. That was a huge game. Yeah. Uh, a lot leading into that game. And, and, and no offense to any of you guys, um, Adam Kunkel is one of the best high school players that I've watched in Northern Kentucky in a long time, consistently. I mean, he did some amazing, amazing things this season. Um, I went to the Newport game and he had a triple-double. He was like Westbrook out there. He was very, very impressive. And I know you're you know, probably friends with him and know him pretty well and um, you respect his game. <clears throat> but that's a, that's a game. I, I went into that game, Aiden, and I'm going, Cubcats should win this game. But if Adam decides I'm going to drop 45 or 50 points, which he has, he's capable of doing, Cooper could win this basketball game. So you guys getting past Cooper, like you said, was was really really big for you guys. Now, did you did you guard um, Adam very much? Uh, I did a little bit. That wasn't really my my main guy. I guard Chris McNeil. Yeah. But we had Casey Nowak, who's pretty much just our defensive man. We can put him on anyone, and he pretty much stopped him. But uh, as a as a whole, our team. We, we all keyed on Kunkel, and we knew in mm -hmm. order for us to win, we had to stop him because he's no pretty doubt. much their only offensive threat. And uh, the second after, the, after we lost the first time, he went off. Uh, we, we pretty much put Casey on him, and I know Casey probably spent hours studying film, studying his game, so as long as everyone else. So uh, just with all that, we, we were able to – we didn't stop him. I think he's still at 18. Yeah, but he's tough. But we, we definitely – Limited him, limited him, and uh, we were able to win. Yeah, without a doubt. That leads me to this question here I want to ask. Who was the toughest player you had to guard besides Carlos this Garcia? Year? Yes. Um, I would say, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of them. Fern Creek's point guard, uh, I know his name. I forget it, either him or I would say Isaiah from, from Muller. Mm -hmm. Isaiah, I don't know why, but he's just tough to stay in front of. He's crafty. Yeah, he's fast. He's crafty. Yeah. He got, I mean, <clears throat> hence the nickname, he kind of puts you to sleep sometimes. Yeah, he does. You know, he's kind of like, he, he runs down the court like this, and then <laughs> he's gone. I just watched him in the All-Star game uh, the other night, and um, God, he was doing the same thing, putting him to sleep and, <laughs> you know, blowing by him. Carlos. Toughest person you had to guard? Um, we played some kids. Well, the toughest person around here, that would probably, or that in Ohio, yeah. was probably Final Four, Lorraine. Uh, I don't even remember what his name is, but he was he was the guard for Lorraine. He was okay. probably one of their only scoring threats, and he was, he was good. No, all right, scratch that. Definitely toughest person, state finals, sincere carry. Okay. That he was. Now, where is he going? I have no idea, but he was going somewhere D two. I think he decommitted. He's going D one now. But okay. I mean, that kid was. I remember coming down after hitting a three, feeling all good. There's a crossover, hezies, and then just pulls up in my face, hits one right back, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> tough to. Yeah, and I just and I watched him against Pick Central too, and he had like 29 that game. It, he was he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a real good. <clears throat> well, you know the funny thing is. Um, and, and this might be different for you guys, but um, one of the things that I found when I was in, in college, and obviously I was a walk-on, so I wasn't one of the best players, but night in and night out, um, 
I had to be on the scout team. I was the practice squad, so I had to guard my teammates. And I had this teammate named Steve Logan. Mm-hmm. You guys might not have heard of him, but Steve Logan's from uh, Cleveland, and he's one of the toughest guys I've ever had to guard. He wasn't athletic. He was, gosh, maybe six feet tall. Some people say he was a little overweight, which he was sometimes. He wasn't in the greatest shape. Well, I'm telling you, man, he was so tough to guard because I would study his tendencies. And this is like my teammate, and I'm, but I'm on the practice squad, so like I'm literally just watching this guy. Okay, like, all right, if I push him this way, is, at what point is he going to step back? How many dribbles does he take before he pulls up? Does he like to pull up, left-hand pull up? Like, I would study it, and it was just like, no rhyme or reason. Like it was just impossible to figure out what he was going to do. And there were times, and this I'm just telling you this because um, this might not be true for you, but there were times I go to practice and I go, oh, Lord, i got to guard this dude today. Like, I'm going to get absolutely, like, scorched. And, and think about this. I had to go against, like, Reuben Patterson was 6'7". I had to guard that dude. He ends up going to the pro. I had to guard him for... Gosh, maybe half a season one time, but I worried more about Steve Logan because just the way he, just no rhyme or reason. Like with Ruben, I knew he was going to take you down this way, turn left shoulder, so I can kind of swipe at the ball. Mm. But he was just like really tough to guard. So that's why I wanted to get you guys' opinion on guys that were tough to guard. Um, but let's 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 jump into the actual state championship game. All right, so biggest game of the season. For many of you, the biggest game of your life, here it is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're there. Uh, Aiden, how are you feeling going into that game? Do you have a good feeling like, yeah, yeah we, we, we got this. Was there a lot of nervousness, butterflies? Uh, I, was, I, I know our whole team was definitely nervous. Um, we went into that game pretty confident because we knew that Trinity was going to be the harder opponent, probably, out of the two. And, and then them losing first round kind of helped us. And we knew that our matchups with them were, were a lot better. Mm-hmm. And, and if, if we played our game, there was no way they could stop us. And if we played our defense, then uh, we should win single or pretty good. And uh, so I think going into it, we were all pretty nervous. But we knew that we put in the work throughout the season to – to win it and we did at what point in the game did you look up at the scoreboard or look in the stands or look at your teammates look at your dad the coach and go we've won this game like I am a state champion uh end of the third quarter is when it started coming to my mind that you know we're actually going to win this Mm -hmm. and I tried my hardest just to get it out so I could focus on on finishing the game because I know when you get this far you can't take any plays off, right? And I know they're a great opponent. Opponent, so uh, it it came after the third quarter, but I tried to I tried to get out of my head, but it didn't help. But and, and you guys ended up yeah winning it all. Yep. Um, Carlos, games here. You guys are back in the same situation you were the year before. Mm-hmm. You cannot let that happen again, Carlos. You yeah. cannot let you get all the way to the championship game and lose a, a heartbreaking game. What is your thought, nervousness, butterflies? What's going through your mind going in that game? Honestly, I don't think any of us were really that nervous about the game. 
Um, after our game, they played after us, so we got back to the hotel and just watched their game. And um, we watched them come back from a 10-point lead against Pick Central and mm-hmm. basically just pick them apart in the second half. And we all watched them and was like, okay, that's why they're number one team in Ohio. Like right. We, and I, we watched Carey have the 29-point game, probably one of the best high school games I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and so we had a lot of respect for him, but that didn't mean we were nervous or scared of him at all. Quite the contrary. We knew what we had to do to win, and we knew that they were a good team, but we also knew like what they needed to do to win, and we were going to take that all away. And so um, that was we came in with a really good game plan, and um, kind of talking about like the Fairmont team that we played, they were pretty much the Fairmont 2.0, mm-hmm. and the way they were shooting, except they had a lot better point guard. But everyone else was basically the same when being able to shoot the ball. And so our defensive strategy was almost the same as Fairmont. So it was kind of good that we like were able to win that game and we knew what we needed to do to win. Right. And so when that when the game came along, um, we just like all executed and did our role. And we knew that um, it was it was probably the fourth quarter, give, give or take, when like we realized that we were going to like actually win this. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking on the bench, like, hey, just stay locked in, like, until right. the f- like, final buzzer comes off. <clears throat> but I know for me, because um, I just wanted to stay locked in and just, like, live every single moment, it wasn't until that I sat down for the last time and we got to put our seniors in that I really realized, like, wow, we just want to stay championship. Like, we're yep. the best team in the state. And that was, that was a really great feeling. Yeah. Yep. And you put yourself in a special category. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we all did. Absolutely. So, all right. Your state champs, you put your medals on, get your trophies, everybody shows you love, people sliding in your DMs, all that good stuff, right? Yeah. But the party's not over. It's now time to prepare for college. And I want to talk about your college commitment, how you decided to um, pick that school, your preparation as far as, like, what do I need to do to be prepared, you know, to play college basketball. So, Aiden, I'm going to start with you. Tell everyone what school you're going to, how you decided on that. I'm going to Christian Brothers University in, in Memphis, and I decided that uh, in, the, in this AAU se- or this past AAU season going into my senior year, um, my coach that I played with had connections with the coach at Christian Brothers, so he talked to him. He came down to a couple games, mm-hmm. and I guess he liked what he saw because he offered me, but uh, I think it was just – it was just all the uh, hard work that I put in the last couple of years uh, to getting my game where I wanted to be. And Christian Brothers was really the first team to to show me some love in, in recruiting and actually recruiting me uh, pretty hard. And uh, so after after getting the offer, it was a pretty easy choice because that was pretty much the only school that was really uh, pursuing me pretty hard. Now, now, why so early? Everyone picks a different a different time to make their decision. Why so early? Because not a lot of kids go with the first or the first couple schools that offer them, but you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to get it over with before my senior year, honestly, just so I could I could completely put all my focus into the season and not have to worry about uh, coaches or, or colleges. Um, so I just wanted to get it over with before my season so I could put all my all my energy into the into my senior season at CuffCath. Do you feel that if you did make that decision early during the season you'd be thinking a lot about it about schools and it would add a little bit of stress to you that would take away from winning a state championship? I think it's a possibility because 
I know when I'm getting looked at by schools, like I want to be known as like a scorer or like uh -huh. make make harder plays harder than they have to be. And I think in order for me to play my senior season like I did, like selfless, uh, knowing knowing the plays I had to make, um, I think that committing early was helped out a lot. Right, got you. So, so Carlos, your situation is different than Aiden. You you chose to wait a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Tell us where you're going and why you chose to wait a little bit later. Yeah, I'll be going to Hanover College um, and on the River of Indiana. Um, Great school. Yeah, and it's got some really good. It's, the coaching staff is unbelievable there, and just like the overall program, seems to be going up a lot. And so hopefully I get to be a part of a championship. The rumor is that they recruited you to play there harder than they've recruited any other player since that staff's been there. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, the Moeller coaches said that I was one of the top recruited from one school yeah. than any other player in the entire program. That's got to make you feel good, man. Yeah, it did. And, I mean, that's probably one, one of the main reasons that I went there. Is sure. If a team wants you so much, then kind of makes you want to go there a little bit more. And Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I waited towards the end of the season to – or waited till the season ended, actually, until I made my final decision. Mm-hmm. And I just felt that um, I wanted to like make sure I was like available and kept my options open. But at the same time, I didn't really let it affect my playing at all. I tried to like remain like selfless and like be able to like follow my role and not like step outside of like what the team needed me to do. Right. Just because like my college recruitment was open, and so I think that I handled that pretty well. But when the season ended, I kind of knew that Hannah was the right choice for me. And there were a couple a couple other schools that were looking at me too, but. I just had a feeling that they didn't really want me. They just kind of like would have liked me, and mm -hmm. Hanover just loved me, and I, that's why I decided to go there. Yeah, I think you guys picked different times to make your decision, but both of you made the right decision. You know, and I'll bring it back to to girls. You know, sometimes you've got that girl, Aiden, that really wants to date you bad, right? You get that a lot, but sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> so you get that girl who really wants to date you really bad. And then Aiden, there might be another girl that you want to date really bad, but she's not really feeling you just yet, right? That probably doesn't happen too much to you. But Carlos seems to do <laughs> Carl's taking shots he likes at you. To talk a lot, I don't he know. does. He's taking shots at you. But sometimes it's better to go with the girl that really wants you. There's something to be said about that. And the same thing goes to <laughs> you're smiling, Carlos. <laughs> I've never had that experience before. You've never had that where you've got a girl who really. So you're saying, okay, you're saying that <laughs> no, the girl you want, now. the girl that you want, wants you really bad. Is that what you're saying? Always. Okay, anyway, do you believe that, Aiden? He has a girlfriend. I do. So I guess Emily? It, it worked out. Is that her name? <laughs> you're Damn, you are it. putting his stuff in the streets. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Did you hear him? I did. He's, wow. You want to shout out her IG? I don't know. I, if I did, I would. But if if I knew it, I would. But I don't, are I don't you know. following his girlfriend on Instagram? No, I'm gonna have to though. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding her DMs. So you're a state champion too. All right. So let's let's jump off uh, basketball a little bit, and I want to dive into an area of some pop culture stuff. You know, we talked enough basketball. I want to talk a little bit about music because music is such a big thing within the basketball culture, right? So you look at what you listen to before big games, what you listen to while you warm up as a team, and it's just there's so many soundtracks to team season. Like, you know, at UC, 
they uh, we had a song i'm not going to say the song and the artist but we had a song that was kind of like the theme of our team we'd play it before every game we'd rap it before we come into the huddle so music has always been such a huge part of, of basketball carlos before the state championship game you're getting focused you've got your headphones on before the game all right you got you have beats or you probably just regular no, just little regular headphones, regular headphones. Yeah. What are you listening to? Um, I listen to two things. I listen to Spanish music, kind of like Despacito, and like <laughs> all those songs like that. And that got me hyped up. And then I listen to Wanna Be a Baller, which was a classic. Great that, song. It's a great so song. So you wanna be a baller. There we Chicago. go. Aiden, are you familiar with this? I've heard the song, but I don't know very well. It's okay. awesome. It's a great song. But yeah, those two songs definitely got me ready to go. And it was funny. You talked about the like, music and in the huddle and stuff. I remember um, it was like when Drake and Future dropped that album. Mm -hmm. um, what was it called? Their collab album. What, their collab what a time album to be alive. Is that what a time? Yeah, what, yeah, that one. And yep. so um, one of the songs, Big Rings, was like yeah. on there. And I was like, when I listened to it, I was like, that's like what I want to like listen to after I win the state championship. For like, sure. I want to do that. So we get in the locker room after winning a little bit. We're like, we're all hyped up and everything. And someone's like, where's the speaker? Where's the speaker? So we get a speaker going. I'm like, let me play the song real quick. So I play it, and no one gets hyped except for me. <laughs> and I was like, I dreamed of this moment, and it didn't turn out the way I wanted. <laughs> that is funny. That is but yeah, no, you listen to the lyrics, and it like fits in perfectly. But Absolutely. Guess, you know, it was too old at that point. If we would have won like freshman or sophomore year, it would have It would have awesome. made sense. Yeah, yeah it would have tied in. Yep. You know, one thing, Drake is good at that. He, he's good at making, like, soundtracks for events. Yeah. Like, basketball teams pick up on his songs. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so you listen to Spanish music sometimes yeah. to get you, get you hyped. Sure. Aiden smiled really big when you said that. You ever, you ever listen to Spanish music before a game? Aiden? Never. I can never see myself listening to Despacito before a game, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I can't see you listening to it either. No, I can't. What do you listen to? Uh, State championship game, big game. We there, There's one song, like you said, for your, your season had one song. Mm -hmm. There's one song for us. It's called No Smoke by, I think, Young NBA or someone. Okay. Someone. <laughs> I've never even heard of this dude. His name is Young NBA? Yeah. yeah. I got to look this guy up. It's, I can already picture what he looks like. Does, uh, yeah. Does he have dreads that like are like pink and yellow? No, okay. Because no. that seems to be the... You're talking about 69. No, I'm just talking about like... Oh, you're talking about all the people rapper. now. <laughs> all yeah. the people now. Yeah, all the people now. Tattoo on the face. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. But uh, yeah, there was like Kunkel. Someone made a mixtape for him, and they played that song in the background, and we like sent it in our group message, like saying like just it was just like all hyping him up. So he pretty much just took that song and made that for our like. So he's in your group. No, Adam's not in your group. No. Okay. No. Like we just sent that like. Just everyone watched that, and we heard the song. We just made that our, our song for the year. Gotcha, gotcha. So what 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 act, what song did you listen to? Like what what was the one song before the state championship game that got you hyped? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, "Dreams and Nightmares" by Meek Mill. Okay, that was the Sixers and yeah. the Eagles. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that apparently Meek Mill's getting released today. Today? Yes, apparently. I heard it was soon. Apparently it was supposed to be today, so uh, we'll see what the judge says. But free McMill, right? <laughs> you guys were like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. 
Let's talk about style a little bit. And, and Aiden, I don't know if you noticed this, but Carlos has about 100 different bracelets with beads on. I didn't notice which, that. Which I am sure they have some sort of significance. They all do. Can you, can you explain? Because this is part of your style here. It is. And you look great, too, by the way. You've Thank got you. the joggers. It. But go ahead. Well, I was going to wear shorts today, but then it started snowing in the middle of April. How about that? It was 80 degrees the other day. It was. And it's nice. snowing in 36 today. It's awful. Cincinnati. Go ahead. Your so, bracelets. I got this one. This one is just like, this is the only one that really didn't have a whole lot of meaning. Okay. I had like an anchor one before, and so I thought like another anchor one would be cool. And this one's like my probably coolest looking in my opinion, and the one I like the most. Okay. This one, I got a retreat, which is another anchor. Okay. And it was like to hold down like your faith and things like that. Okay. Um, this one's like yin and yang, so like a balance in your life. And there used to be a tree of um, life on it, mm -hmm. but that fell off. So now it's just like bouncing your life yin and yang, and then it's got like this little thing, which I like. Yep. Um... This one right here is like Year of the Dragon, and that's like the year I was born. This one is like Lava Rocks that were from Puerto Rico, so like kind of yep. like represent where I'm from. Yep. And then this one, I um, have a matching bracelet with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Save the best for last, right? Once again, wow. Aiden, <laughs> Aiden said, wow. <laughs> Aiden, will you ever have this look here? With uh, I have two bracelets. No meaning, just... Just bracelets. What are, what, are the, what are the two bracelets here? We got an orange one. This is my dad. My dad bought these. I don't know why. It's like the LeBron James Family Foundation. He always wears these. Okay. So I guess he just bought them to support LeBron's foundation. Okay. And then my brother, he made these. It's Hard Over Height Hoops. It's like his his basketball company. So okay. He made these, and I just found it and wearing it. Okay. Cool. So so no beads though. No you, don't seem, you don't seem like a no no girlfriend. Yeah, I can't see you wearing the girlfriend. Uh, I used to have one <clears throat> from your girlfriend. Yeah. You wait 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 wait. So wait wait. So you just you made, just you just, you just made fun of me. him, but yet you did it. Well, I had it. I didn't wear it that much because it broke, but it broke, and then I had to buy a new one. So when it so you bought two. Wow. So wait a minute. When it Weren't broke, did that end the relationship? No. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know if that was you like a. Too, remember? Yeah. All right. Oh, that's crazy. All right. So let, let's let's venture out of style. Back to music a little bit. So every podcast that I do here for the Basketball Insider, I play a Big Daddy Kane song. You guys are probably not familiar with Big Daddy Kane. Okay. Big Daddy Kane is an iconic rapper from the '90s. He had this beautiful box haircut with parts in it and all kind of big jewelry. He's what a rapper should look like. <laughs> Not pink dreads and tattoos on their face. I agree. He looks like a rapper from New York City, right? <clears throat> One of my favorite all-time rappers until Jay-Z came along. Which leads me to talk about the GOAT. We talked about being a GOAT earlier, mm -hmm. right? So Jay-Z, in my opinion, is the greatest rapper of all time. Like, ever. And anytime I get into debate about it, I very rarely ever lose. I just want to let you guys know that I have so many, so many statistics that can back up why Jay-Z is the greatest. The only time... Did you like 444? I did. A lot. A Not, lot. A really? lot. I thought, I thought that album was great because it showed growth. I mean, think about this. This guy has, what, 13 studio albums as a solo artist? After 13 albums, or after 12, what then do you rap about? You, you're a billionaire. You've got one of the most beautiful women in the world. You have three kids. You have homes everywhere in America. I mean, what do you rap about? Because his first album 
ever, reasonable doubt, mm -hmm. in uh, life and time of Sean Carter talked about a culture in which he grew up in Marcy Projects in Brooklyn, New York, that was gang infested, drugs and all this. He no longer lives that life. He lives a totally different life now. So if you look at the book and albums, Reasonable Doubt and then 444, you, you look at that. It's almost like the bookends of his life right now, from poverty to riches. And now he's at a point where I th what was so great about that album was I felt like he was he was kind of putting everybody that grew up in the type of environment he did onto what made him successful. Like if you follow this blueprint, like if you follow this script, you could do what you want to do, but you need to listen to this. Mm -hmm. That's why I thought the album, so I'm sorry I went off because no, Jay-Z. Okay. That's why I thought the album was so great. You apparently didn't like it from, from, my, from what I'm getting from this tone. Uh, I just didn't. I didn't listen to it a lot. I remember listening to it one time through, and I was just like, not really any songs that really stuck yeah. out to me. And I mean, there, w there was one song. It was one of the more popular ones on the album that was good, but every single other song just didn't really, I didn't really get a feel for. One day I'll break it down for you. It's, a, it's an album that it's not going to probably sonically, musically do it for you. Mm -hmm. But if you really break down the meanings behind the double entendres of his lyrics, you'd probably go, Holy crap, that yeah. was, that's crazy. That's super impressive. But to me, he is the GOAT. The only time I will back down on Jay-Z being the GOAT is when people tell me Tupac's the GOAT. Um, I'm a big Tupac fan. I think he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Now, listen, I come from a different generation, yeah. right? <clears throat> I don't expect you guys to think uh, Jay-Z's the greatest of all time. I don't even want you guys to think Jay-Z's the greatest or Tupac. But I want to know. Aiden, we're going to start with you. I want to know who you think is the greatest rapper of all time, the GOAT, according to Aiden Rusex. The GOAT, according to me, would have to be Drake. Okay. Why? Um, I think, like you said, with Jay-Z, he's, like, he's changed a lot. <clears throat> like, when he started out in his music, he started, like, uh, I don't know, it was, like, slower, like, R&B. Mm -hmm. and, and then he's changed in a couple of al his albums, and he's brought it back. So I think uh, just he's brought music to every genre pretty much. True. And I think uh, just other than the music, everything he's done, he's definitely the GOAT. He's created kind of his own lane. Yeah. Because there, there are times that he makes a song and I'm like, what category do you put that in? Because it's not really rap. It's a little too much for like R&B or smooth. It's just kind of in its own lane. Mm -hmm. And I think like and you hit it on the head to where Drake's music in my opinion, is getting better. Like, at the beginning, I thought Drake was awful. I'm like, this is really bad stuff. But then I think he's made music that I, I appreciate more and more, and that's the evolution. So, you know, by the time he makes his 13th studio album, which he's probably on track to do, it'll probably be a way different album than you heard the first album. Yeah. So that does make sense. So, Carlos, your goat. My goat. Um... I would say like most influential would probably be like Kanye West. Okay. Just because I think he's like a part of like everything like that's going on in society. Like there's always like a little bit of Kanye in there. Uh -huh. He talks about like all that stuff. And then like just lyrically based off of music and like Sonic like you talked about, I think J. Cole. Just like what I want to hear, like I could not get tired of listening to him. Yeah. That's so, and I think that like is what he's good at. So. Yeah, J. Cole lyrically is always it's like 
you hear his song, like there's some Drake songs, no offense to Drake, but they're Drake songs you just listen to hear the music. Yeah. Right? It's like, oh, that's bouncy, that's a good track. But with J. Cole, it's like almost every song, there's lyrical content that you just have to, you know, you have to dive into. Yeah, I kind of like what you do with that like, whole Jay-Z album. Like, I've done that Absolutely. with like, the albums that J. Cole has like, brought out ever since, like, from Dollar in a Dream, things like that, all the way up to what he's at now, For Your Eyes Only, like all that stuff, every single song that he produces, yes. there's there's something, there's a reason why he wrote it. It's not just to get people dancing in the club or something like There's a reason to everything, and I think that's cool. Absolutely. And that's how, they, you're right, that's how I feel about Jay-Z. And as big a Jay-Z fan as I am, and I've not, Jay-Z's one of the few people I have not met personally yet, which I, I plan to, hopefully to do one day. I know every Jay-Z song, from Reasonable Doubt, all the way to the current album. And still to this day, I was with somebody, I think it was last year, and I was in LA. And I was breaking down some Jay-Z stuff to a younger person in LA. <clears throat> and my buddy was with me who's closer to my age. And I was telling him about Reasonable Doubt. And my buddy said something about a lyric in Reasonable Doubt. And I was like, wait, wait, what'd you say? And he broke down a lyric. And I'm like, whoa. I have never heard, like, I never heard that. I never, so 20 years later, I just discovered something of a song I'd heard hundreds of times that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's deep. That's what I love about the Jay-Z's, the J. Cole's, the Kendrick, and, and Drake is like that at times, where you, you discover their music and you discover their lyrics later on. And listen, um, Drake dropped uh, God's Plan. And he had a part in his song which was strategic. That part where if you played it right now at a basketball game, Carlos, oh, yeah. what's going to happen? The whole crowd, all the student section, even the players would just start singing along to it. Yep. And, and that was strategic on his part. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was set up. I don't know if it was the producer said, hey, let's, we got to have something right here. Or he said, let's, let's do this because everyone in America is going to stop and sing this part. So the music needs to stop. Mm -hmm. Um, which is genius. That's that's the genius part of of music. So, all right. So we've got our uh, we've got our goat stuff out of the way real quick. Um, and I think this debate is is getting closer. We talk about uh, basketball goats. Um, I come from the generation of Michael Jordan, and as long as you know I'm walking this earth, I'm going to always say Michael Jordan's the goat. Um, but obviously, um, you've had Kobe Bryant. And now currently LeBron James. So, Aiden, I want to know in your opinion, Michael Jordan's career is over. His statistics are laid out. Kobe Bryant, his career is over. His statistics are laid out. We're still watching the movie of LeBron James. Who do you think is the GOAT? And who do you think will end up the GOAT? Um, the GOAT, I think, is LeBron and I think he will end up to go because the things he's accomplished so far is is incredible, and he still he still has a couple more seasons in him. Um, I think the the things that he's put up for for each team because I know he brought even when he was a rookie or his, the younger part of his career, he he brought up Cleveland even when they're pretty bad, T terrible. You yeah, they're terrible, and he he still brought them so far. And then he took Miami there too, and now he's back in Cleveland doing the same thing. So I just think to to always be in the finals, to always get that far, it takes some greatness, and I think he's 
He's definitely the reason for that. So you say LeBron is the GOAT right now. Yeah. And if you were to say he's the GOAT because, and you were to give, you had one thing to put out there that would make everyone in the room believe LeBron's the GOAT, it would be? Um, I would say his passing, because obviously he can score whenever, but his passing can just kill any defense. Okay. Because I know he, if you're in the NBA, you're going to be able to score, and he's going to find his teammates. And, and with that, the double, the double threat of him scoring and passing, I think it's unstoppable. Okay. Carlos. I'd have to agree. I think LeBron is just like currently. Well, yeah, currently is just the most overpowering player like in history. And there's like one thing about LeBron that I noticed when I watch him play is that like if he wants to get to a spot on the court and do something, you can't stop it. Okay. You can slow him down as much as you want. You can send two guys, but maybe not like he can't put the ball in every single time or else they'd be undefeated. But if he wants to get to any spot on the court, mm -hmm. he has the physical ability and the skill to get to that spot. And that's something that, like, is taken for granted, kind of, at, like, in the game. But, like, if you really can just do that whenever you want, it's, it's kind of hard to beat. Okay. I want to put this out there for you guys. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a firm believer that statistics make you the GOAT, mm -hmm. okay? I think there are other things that make you the GOAT. So I think there have been players that have come along that have had great statistics. Yeah, I mean, Katie's in the conversation if you're talking about this. Well. If you talk about statistics, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, <laughs> look how many points that dude scored, yeah. right? Yeah. So statistics to me don't tell the whole story. I think what tells the story for me and what makes Michael Jordan the greatest ever, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like that, and, and listen, LeBron's story, we're still watching it. It's, it's still being written. If you look at Michael Jordan's crunch time statistics or just, just his moments when it really counted, there's no one, no one in the history of basketball that's consistently been as good as him in the biggest moments. And to me, that's what makes someone the GOAT. I mean, if you look at, and you know, I'm kind of taking a shot at LeBron a little bit, but in the past, you look at big moments, yeah. and LeBron is passing the ball, mm -hmm. okay? Which you, you, you say is one of his attributes, which I agree with you. I, I don't want my GOAT passing the ball. I want my GOAT winning the game. Now, if, if you create something offensively to where you're getting doubled and you're shifting the defense and Steve Kerr's wide open for the three-pointer to win this, the championship, you damn right you better pass it there. But if you've got single coverage you've got to take it and I think LeBron in the past and I hate to you know criticize him about the past but it's part of his history he's he's done that too much <clears throat> for me mm -hmm. you know so it's going to be interesting to see how many more years he can play what is he in the 15th 15th season yeah I think it's 15th I think, it's 15th. I think this is his 15th season mm -hmm. unbelievable shape he puts a lot of money into his body yeah what you should yeah. You're getting paid that much money? Oh, yeah. I mean, I heard somebody say this on TV, gosh, last year sometime. I thought it was brilliant. So, Aiden, if I give you uh, a million-dollar car, okay, what's your favorite color? Red? Sure. So I <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If I, <laughs> I give you a million-dollar red car, all right, 
chromed out wheels, you've got the sound system, TV screens in there, you've got everything. This car goes zero to 100 real fast, anything you want, right? Yep. What type of gas do you put in that car? You, put the, you don't put the cheap gas in there. You put the best possible gas, right? If it's rain outside, you park that sucker in the garage. You probably got a thing over top of it, right? You've got to get, you've got a custom detail on the inside, right? You're taking care of that million dollar car, right? Yeah. But yet in turn, our body and our body parts are worth way more yeah. than a million dollars. But yet we don't treat our bodies and ourselves like we would a million. Am I right? In yeah, in some case, yeah. we we sometimes over, and I saw someone breaking this down on TV. I'm like, holy moly! Like that is true. Think about what we put in our body, opposed to what you put in that that tank, and yeah. how you take care of yourself. So, credit to LeBron James for what he's doing conditioning wise. I mean, the dude doesn't get hurt, and at times it just doesn't look like he gets tired when everyone else is like yeah. exhausted. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how he finishes his story. I think one guy to look at mm -hmm. in the next, like, 10 years is Anthony Davis. Okay. Tell me why. I think he is just, like, a different kind of player. And just watching him now in, like, the playoffs, mm -hmm. I mean, he was doing everything from driving to the lane, catching alley-oops, yeah. step-back jumpers, yep. hitting threes. Like, his game has just evolved so much. I think it's evolving the game of basketball itself. And I know, like, I talked about LeBron, LeBron being dominant and everything like that. And I, that's how I personally, like, rate my like greatest of all time is whoever can just do what they want whenever they want to mm -hmm. and that's what Michael Jordan did in his era and that's what LeBron James has been doing but I feel like Anthony Davis is one of those guys that is coming to a point where no one's going to be able to stop him mm -hmm. and then defensively he's an unbelievable rim protector absolutely yeah I don't think there's many guys that in the league that are like in history that could match up to him okay that's good Aiden do you have somebody else on the come up, I would say Kyrie. I mean, I know he's already up there, okay. but I think just in, in the future, he's he's going to keep getting better, and uh, I think he's he's going to be an unstoppable point guard in the future. What do you think about his durability? I'm I'm starting to question that though, because you know yeah. he got hurt in college, and now mm -hmm. he's hurt again. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it'll be like LeBron and put a lot of money into his body. <laughs> so so right, he he's going to have to. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think if he stays healthy and everything, he could be he could be really good. So what about let me put this on the table? What about Ben Simmons? I mean, we talk about LeBron, and if you talk about anybody in the league having similar characteristics of LeBron, bigger guard, yeah. strong, can pass the ball, right? Can score monster dunks. You guys trust in the process with him or what? I think he is one of the most entertaining players to watch right now. Okay. Just because you just see what he does and you're like, did he did he just do that? Did he just do a right-handed hook shot? Yeah. Just left-handed? Like, right. That just looks so easy and he just did it. And, like, it's one of those players that you just watch and you're just, like, in awe. But until he starts winning basketball games at a consistent rate, I can't really – I haven't seen that yet. And that's, like, a big part of what I think is, like, being the greatest is like if you're great then you're winning so okay Aiden your thoughts on um, Simmons watch him this season it's his first season so I mean he's he's definitely balled out this season and uh, I think just just watching him play in the last couple of games you can tell that he 
he wants to win. He's a he's a true competitor. Mm -hmm. And him with all the skill sets he has and wanting to win so bad, I think he could definitely be really good in the future. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Now, so I love the NBA. Mm. All right, we don't have an NBA franchise here in, in Cincinnati, so kind of my adopted team is the Pacers. Uh, I'm not a huge Pacers fan, but I enjoy going to the Pacers games to yeah. watch um, other teams. I have some buddies in the NBA, so I go up and watch them when they play the Pacers. Uh, so who do you guys have this year winning it all? Or who do you see in the – let me ask, who do you see in the finals and who you have winning the finals in the NBA? I say – I don't think Golden State's going to make it. I you think, don't? I don't. I think either, really? I think either Houston okay. or OKC is going to be in the finals. And then from the East, I think it'll either be um, the Cavs or I – think I think it's the Cavs, honestly. Even though they say they're going through rough times and stuff like that, I mean, they're just too good not to make it that far. And when I would have said the Celtics, but – Kyrie being out. Kyrie being out, that's tough. Yep. And I would especially say the Celtics if Hayward was there. I mean, I think they would have been a really good team to watch this year. Okay. Both would have been on. So let's, let's just say you've got Houston or OKC. Mm -hmm. Who would you pick? Houston? Probably Houston, yeah. Houston? Okay. Versus yeah. the Cavs. Houston. Houston's going to win it. Mm -hmm. Harden, MVP? Oh, yeah, definitely. Harden should be MVP this year. Okay. Did he travel last night? Did you see that? Yeah, he did. He traveled, right? When you're great, you can do great things. You see, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas carries the ball every time he dribbles. He does. Well, the NBA is different than any other uh, level. Because there's a lot of leniency. There, yeah, well, it's a superstars league. Yeah. So if you're in a superstars league, you're going to let superstars. Magic Johnson carried the ball. Like, yeah. I love Magic Johnson. He carried the ball. Mm -hmm. Jordan? Jordan physically Push. did things to offensive players yeah. that should be considered. But, but. That's, it's a superstar league. Yeah. College is a coach's league. So they're going to call a travel. They're going to call an offensive foul. I don't care if you're Kemba Walker. They don't care if you're whoever it might be. Mm -hmm. You know, the best player in, the, in college basketball. Yeah. Okay, let's get to yours, Aiden. The finals. My finals is the same. I think Houston and the Cavs. Wow. I don't think, I don't think Golden State's going to make it. Wow. Okay. I just think Houston's, they got too many weapons right now. They're, they're playing well. The way they're playing, you can't guard it. It's, the, it's literally whether or not they come in and play the way that they can play. If they do every night, or not every night, but consistently, you can't guard the way they play. So you know their coach was criticized for a long time prior to the last couple seasons for mm -hmm. um, his philosophy. Yeah. All right. So his philosophy would not fly at Moeller High School. No, it would not. <laughs> his philosophy, Aiden, is you either shoot a three-pointer or you're taking it in for a layup. Like all the mid-range stuff, leave that at home. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't need any of that here. It's yep. three or two. And, and, a, and a good story, um, I know Chris Paul, and Chris Paul's best friends with one of my best friends, so I've had a chance to talk to Chris Paul on several occasions, and he was telling a story at my buddy's wedding. Chris Paul was telling me and some of the friends was telling a story at a wedding we mm -hmm. were at, and <clears throat> Chris Paul is notorious for breaking down the defense and getting to the middle lane. Mid-range pull-up, yeah. Right? So how do you think that went over the first couple of workouts? Not very well. Coach had to pull him aside and said, leave that at home. Like, you either pull up or all the way. And, you know, they kind of had to get to know each other and get a feel for each other. But it's just, it's something that 
that coach, I mean, he was a little bit ahead of his time yeah. as far as that's concerned because basketball is starting to go that way, you know, more and more. And basketball has changed. You brought up Anthony Davis. Think about all these big players that are playing skill positions on the wing. Okay. Exactly. Like, that's the wave of the new mm -hmm. big man. Carl Anthony Towns can bring the ball up the court, can do a spin move, hit you with a hezzy, euro step. Like, dude is enormous. His feet are like, mm -hmm. that's the wave. I mean, basketball is changing. Yeah. Bas basketball will look different when you guys are out of college than it does now. I think so. It's just, just the way it is. Last question I have for you. Uh, Carlos, we'll start with you. If you were a rapper, okay, if you were a sound, I could see you being a SoundCloud rapper, first of all. I can see that too. Carlos, yeah. I, and I could see you actually blowing up because I think you, you could get a fan base in that Mason area. Like, I feel like you've got Mason on lock, like that whole area. Like, I mean, I got some boys who make some tracks, so I mean, I, I, I can I, call them whenever I need to. I, I, I bet. You got, you got some heat, heat in the streets. You can I get do. Some, some bangers. Mason. And then you lock up that Mason. That air, Do you know where Mason is, Aiden? Everyone yeah. knows where Mason is. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Everyone knows where Mason is. All right, all right. So, if you're a rapper, Carlos, what would your rap name be? Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Mm -hmm. say, say, say it the way you said it. Big Poppy. Big Poppy. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we got... Big Poppy on my left side. Aiden, I feel like in Northern Kentucky, like when, when we think of like Northern Kentucky, like hip hop, I think I could see you um, crawling to the top of that. Like if, if you were on, if you had a mixtape coming out next week, I could say like, you know, a Aiden's coming with some fire. Yeah. And you, you agree with- Grizzly, a little combo. Yeah, yeah. Grizzly. Yeah, I, I might feature him on a couple of my new tracks coming out. I, th I, think, you, I think you should. So your rap name would be? Little Red. Little Red. Little Red. I, I think that's a, that's a very fitting name. If you guys were to come together like Drake and Future did, um, as you talked about earlier, for What a Time to Be Alive, what would that mixtape be called? I don't know. I think, I think that we would have to do something creative. It would have to be big and little. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Big and little, yeah, I like that. But you like no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aiden, help us out. Uh. <laughs> it's right there. Come on, say it. What's the what's the what's the mixtape called? Uh, probably like saucy or something saucy. like that. Saucy, saucy. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So <laughs> it just describes, I suppose. So right, a lot of sauce, a lot of sauce. Yeah, I could see, I could see the album cover with you two on there and just like sauce around the all cover types. just yeah, all sure. type of sauce mm -hmm. no juice no no no, no juice. juice just straight sauce yeah. juice is temporary <laughs> sauce sauce is forever that's the name of the that's that's like that's the name of it what sauce forever juices juice is temporary juice is temporary sauce is forever all right dot 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 <laughs> that's great we established this so can i be your manager no sure no, what? No. No, he said yes. He, he said you said no. no. Okay, we're going to have to figure this out off air. This because this is I'm excited about this. I'm already working on the album cover. You've got some people in Mason that can make some beats. You got T Grizzly on lock. Yeah, I got some Cuff Cut dudes too. 
I'm sure we can get the we can get the uh, student section. What do they, they call the Colonel Crazies? Yeah, we can get them on the track, just doing whatever they do. Yeah, I like where this is going. Well, um, lastly, I want to leave you guys. I want to say congratulations on a great season in 2018. Congratulations on a great career in high school, and I wish you guys nothing but the best in the future. You guys are going to do fabulous in college. Uh, if you keep doing the things you've done in the past and use that as a blueprint, you'll be successful in college. So I'm looking forward to watching you guys' progress. Thank you. Thank you guys for thank coming you. on. And I want to thank everybody for listening to another edition of the No Further Comments podcast, the Basketball Insider Edition. And we look forward to doing number nine soon. Number nine would be, see, this is the Kobe number eight, the Black Mamba podcast. Number nine would be... Ah, the Jordan Olympic podcast. I like that. Yep. And Jordan was number nine. I think LeBron wore number nine Olympics, didn't he? Yeah. I think he, did. he did, right? But we got to go with the real yeah. goat, MJ, <laughs> number nine. Thank everybody for listening.